Okay. Wait, who are you telling to get a turkey for 12 pounds? Oh, I was telling my sister how how I make the turkey. <laughs> you know, just just giving the the family turkey recipe. Oh, okay. Didn't you like wait, we're, this isn't gonna be a part of this, but like <laughs> didn't you like what do you do to your turkey that you were like, it's weird but it's great? The blow dryer. The blow dryer. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> You you have to after you brine your turkey for twenty four hours before you put it in the oven. You want the skin to be really dry, so I blow dry the skin to get it really dry before going in the oven. <laughs> and do you think that that was the secret weapon? Yeah, I mean, if you want the outside like the to be really crispy, you know, but the inside to be juicy, you gotta blow dry it, you know. <laughs> my name is carly and i am an entrepreneur these are the real raw and honest stories of myself my colleagues and my dearest friends how we followed our dreams and continue to scale the mountain of success every day learn what it takes to make the next step and join us on the climb get ready to pull up your boss straps because this is bossy club Happy New Year, guys. We made it. Oh, my gosh. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that COVID is gone, but it means we are maybe a little bit more prepared as we step into the next year with tips and tricks that we've kind of learned um, going through this crazy 2020. But I wanted to introduce you if you have not heard of him, which I would be very surprised if you haven't. But Logan Cole is named one of the best photographers in the world. He is just super talented and he's really just invited me into a conversation of vulnerability where he's at with his business and his journey. And, you know, sometimes we get thrown opportunities like, you know, massive sort of made it moments. And sometimes it takes a while to get to there. And he talks about kind of experiencing both sides of that and the good and the bad. So please welcome Logan. He's a good friend of mine. So this podcast is just full of banter and jokes and you get a glimpse of us working together um, when we do events and things like that. So enjoy and sit back and relax. And again, you made it to 2021. You should be very proud. Well, thanks for being on my podcast. Um, yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> that you, it's hard to like be serious with your pals. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited that you are willing to talk with me and my audience. And I want people to know about you. I mean, let's be real. Most people know who you are. You're kind of a legend in the photography world. Not but anymore. I I'm kind of like washed up and forgotten about nowadays, you know? Okay. Well, hopefully this podcast changes that direction. Like you re- you're reinventing yourself right now. But so like, it is, it's hard for me to also uh, be serious with you um, and not make everyone think that I'm an asshole because of my dry sarcasm with... Um, 
close friends. <laughs> so I'll try my best okay. to sound um, nice and um, friendly today. <laughs> okay, I know it's going to be hard. Um, <laughs> okay, so I've known you for a long time, many years, probably what, like eight, seven, eight years. But yeah. I feel like I want people to know what you, how you started, because like you did this sort of like rocket ship success in the in the space you're in and I want to know about that process for you like when did you pick up a camera yeah well so I also think for me personally like my career and stuff a lot of it like was right like perfect timing and stuff Mm -hmm. as, as far as where the industry and social media and technology and stuff like I feel like I got on the train right at the right moment you know so I do think I do not saying I don't not to discredit myself or not say like oh I don't have talent or I'm not good at what I do but like I do think a factor of where I am today is because of the timing of it all as well but um the I picked up a camera in 2000, probably in the 2008, beginning 2009. Uh, and I was in high school and I was a sophomore, but I graduated when I was a sophomore. Um, so 2009 was like my first year doing weddings and I was 16. But this was like pre... Um, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, even really, I didn't, I don't think I even had a Facebook when I first started. But like, so you pick up a camera and then do you just take to it? And then people, is it, was it just sort of this like organic snowball? Like, oh, my friend's getting married and I have no money. Like I'll ask Logan to do it for free. Like what, what was the process like in those first few weddings? So, well, um, the camera came from my older brother. My older brother, he's a graphic designer, and he had what I thought was, like, a really nice camera at the time. Um, back then, it probably was a pretty decent digital camera. It was a 30, a Canon 30D. But um, so I took it. I The story's a little complex. I don't know how much detail you want me to go into. But Basically, one, I just started taking photos of my friends, like, shitty photos and putting them on MySpace and, like, Photoshopping them, like, really badly. But I remember, like, one of my best friends when we were, like, 16, she was like, oh, will you, like, Photoshop my braces off of my teeth for my MySpace profile pic? (laughs) So, like, some of it started like that, but also... um. There was, I grew up in a very large, like, mega church, and the pastor's wife of the church I grew up in was a wedding photographer in the early 2000s, and then um, they started, like, a photography ministry at church, where they would be, like, weekly or monthly photography, like, meetings, and literally probably, like, 20 30 40 photographers would go to these um like Hmm. all different ages like from like you know 60 year olds that just like bought a nice camera to take photos of like their grandkids and birds to like 
you know, people like me that like, I don't know, it's all over the place. But um, so I'm kind of rambling right now. You can cut me off. But no, you're good. Keep going. Okay. Good. So then there was also this group on Facebook, uh, right when I got a Facebook called Photo Scavengers that some photographer I didn't know in like Arizona started. And there would just be like these weekly photography challenges where they would be like, okay, today's challenge is like the color blue or today's challenge is like a logo. And then all these photographers would just post their pictures in this Facebook group and then people would just vote on which was the best. And my mom was doing it with my brother's camera and she won one week. And I was like, oh, hell no, my mom can win. I can do this. So, (laughs) yeah, so that's kind of where the photography started. But then as far as weddings go is that once I started posting like pictures on MySpace and stuff, um, the pastor's wife of the church I grew up in, she asked me if I wanted to shoot a wedding with her. And I was just like, sure, why not? Like, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And then after I shot that wedding and I posted those photos, I think on MySpace, maybe Facebook, then a bunch of people were like, oh, will you take our engagement photos or our baby photos or things like that? Got it. And then, like, yeah, because 16 is really, I mean, like, you feel like you're old then, but you're not. So yeah. that's like, I mean, so then you do start weddings. And when I, I think when we met, you were what, like 20? So it was like a couple years later, but... You had already, like, completely, I mean, for lack of a better way of saying this, you made it by then. Like, you really were, like, I'm this super young photographer, but, like, is recognized globally at this point. Yeah, I think I started doing, like, international weddings and stuff probably around the age of 19. I think also... Like, well, then the Beyonce thing, like, I, when I shot Beyonce, I think I was, I was either 18 or 19. So, yeah, within those first couple of years, things kind of escalated very quickly. How did you, I mean, how'd you handle that? Because I wouldn't have been able to handle that at that age. Or did you? (laughs) I think we're dealing with that now. But... Um, I think I don't know it a lot of it especially this year with COVID and just like not working and not traveling and being locked in your house and stuff I feel like it's the first time I've kind of really stopped moving and traveling and shooting since I started and it was I've never even really like when I was I got a worker's permit at 15 and between the ages of like 15 and 16, I was like a preschool teacher for the kind of like for the church, the mega church, like not an actual school, but like I basically was like took care of all the staff's children and stuff throughout the week. If that makes sense at the church. I mean, it was a paid job, but after that, I never had another I've never had a job really like I just was thrown into this photography thing and then it just escalated and I I wouldn't even say I chose it like it just kind of 
chose me. Um, I was planning to go to school for architecture and environmental design. I wanted to go to the Pasadena Art Center. Um, but so I think now this year, looking back, it's kind of like, it doesn't, I don't feel like even from when I was 19 to now being 28, like I feel like I'm the same person and all that, all these years were just one big blur, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I really answered or what your question was. But. No, you're fine. And but like, I'm, I don't want to come off like, oh, same or whatever, but I also know that when I started the first four or five years were that blur where you were like, yeah, I think in, in this industry events, you know, like corporate and weddings and things like that, it takes a good year to kind of get your name out there. And then, then you kind of get so busy. You don't even know what to do with yourself because everything just takes so much time. I mean, that's, that's my experience. And so, but like, with you, you have such an editorial approach to photos that like you also were shooting like studio work too. I remember like seeing some stuff where you're like, yeah, I have like somebody helping me book things because I'm just so inundated with like leads and stuff. And it only, I mean, like finally being able to stop makes sense to like have to reevaluate everything of like, wow, what happened the last 10 years or something, right? Yeah, well, and I think for me too, like the, honestly, I I, I don't want to discredit my, my parents or anything, but I do wish, or even my older siblings, that there was a little bit more, like my dad was always helpful and stuff if I asked as far as finance and business stuff, but I was making, to me in my eyes now, way too much money as a teenager and not knowing how to necessarily handle everything correctly and from taxes to, you know, just like, it was kind of just a lot at once, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I was just by myself, like, as far as like, I did most of it. I like, I had an assistant, but I mean, like, building this wise, I kind of felt like I've just done my own thing, did it my way, figured it out on my own. I never really, you know, went and took any like classes, had any like mentorships or anything like that. I've just kind of figured everything out on my own. I think also doing it my own way because I didn't want to do anything the traditional way or the way that past wedding industry people would say you need to do things. But I don't know, looking back now, I, I do wish one that I maybe realized what I had at such a young age, but also like, I don't know, it was just a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, it's like how to rein it in and like kind of thing, right? Because like your head can get so big. I mean, I also struggled with this um, like right when I started where I was like, oh my gosh, like I the first two years or so, it wasn't like, it was hard work, but I was like the new kid on the block in this industry. And so I felt this sort of like chip on my shoulder, like, oh, I'm like the hot new item or whatever. And yeah. like now people want to work with me and I'm seeing success. And like, now my ego's huge. And like, it made it 
So I wasn't totally grounded of like, oh, well, I need, I probably should get help. I probably should learn about QuickBooks. I probably should like learn more. Like I just sort of like rode the wave and then I crashed and burned for like a year <laughs> or two and had to like well, rebuild. Yeah, I think too, like when you're just kind of thrown into it and it's for me, it was kind of like literally overnight success. Mm-hmm. I never once really stopped to reevaluate or be like, okay, let's do this the right way. Or, you know, talking about like the way that the business is structured or, you know, anything, because it was just like, I was just going, going, going. I was mm-hmm. on a plane in a different country shooting back to back. Like I, when I was like probably like twin, like 19, 20, 21, I was doing like, 40 50 weddings a year half of them out of state out of country and then also doing you know like the music stuff fashion stuff editorial stuff and I literally didn't breathe and I also I think a portion of that was you know now coming out and looking back at it I was pouring everything into work because I didn't want to deal with like my personal life and all of that. So like my career in photography just became my life and there was no, I didn't have like a personality outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically there was never a moment I stopped. So Mm -hmm. I, I, it was, it was this year, I think reevaluating it all has been like kind of, helpful but also realized like oh wow I really went through a lot (laughs) I don't know totally like do you find that this year has helped um put that into perspective like do you now have like how do you feel now do you feel more grounded do you feel more anxious because you're not working like where are you at right now if you don't Um, sure yeah I I think it's complicated and I think it's like week to week emotions change because but um I it's hard because it's like you want to move forward and like kind of have a fresh start but then it's also a daunting thought to think about next year because Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to do more work next year than I've ever done before just because mm-hmm. of the circumstances and the cancellations and the finances and just like everything adding up. It's like, it's a catch 22 because you have this year break kind of reevaluate to be like, okay, I want to do things better and smarter and be easier on my body and my emotions and like whatever. But I'm also going to, no matter what, have to like, work 24 7 next year so it's kind of like a catch-22 I don't know if that makes sense yeah it does well especially if you're the sole brand winner of like your household like we both are you know so there's this thing of like I think this year for me at least on the weekends it was like okay I don't have any events obviously what am I gonna do I'm like okay well I need to implement like exercise or bike rides or cooking or different things that like keep me grounded so I can like work through these emotions like but I hear you because I think like this next year is gonna be and 2022 as well like crazy because yeah like to your point I mean we're we're 
back to back to back to back on everything because we lost a whole year of life. So it's like, how do you implement the things? Well, and it's like, you're basically obligated because yeah, you have to, you know, withhold those contracts that you had with your 2020 clients. But at the same time, I have to book new clients to make money. So like, it's not yeah. like, there's not really an option. Um, but I do think one thing is I do realize like, how grateful I was for where I am in the career I had and everything. And I do understand that I could have things a lot worse off this year or be, you know, in different situations. But um, I think, I think it will be good though. <laughs> so like, I totally hear you. I'm curious, like in the year of evaluating 2020, I know people who have been like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to move now. I'm going to move to Nashville. I'm going to quit my job and start a business. I'm going to like pursue the dreams. It's sort of that thing of like, life is too short. Like now I have space to like pursue what I want to pursue. Like, do you know people like that right now? Oh yeah. So like, so I know that there's going to be people in the photography space that are coming up um during this season like time um do you like I guess what I'm asking is like do you have any advice for people who are coming out of a pandemic and starting in this industry because it for you and I it seemed like it was sort of given to us it just sort of clicked right away and that can be really hard to like like when someone's like really struggling to produce leads and stuff like is there any advice that you have for new people coming into this industry, I guess is the question. I think um, it's so hard to really say because I feel like everybody has a whole different story, background, personality, like journey. And also being that like, not like I'm old, but it is like from when I started to today, it's like a whole different world, you know, with social media and Instagram and just all that that type of stuff but I think like this year has really shown that if you want to do this and own your own business or work for yourself or be an artist like you really have to one accept the fact that you are kind of like almost away completely alone in any dramatic situations or (laughs) pandemic or whatever it might be like you don't have corporation you know backing you you don't have you know most time unemployment or benefits or anything like that and so that can be rewarding but it can also be super scary you know and um I think for me like getting into the industry and stuff like I just wanted to do me I just wanted to make art and photographs the way I wanted to do it book things the way I wanted to do it what made me happy what worked for me and that was it and it ended up working but I think because I just stuck true to how I felt and what really made me happy like I mean I'm sure you know working with a lot of different wedding photographers and stuff like 
the way I book things and the package and everything, like I am just so bare bones, like one option, one price. I don't do any fluff. I don't send packages to my clients. I don't. And some people might look and be like, oh, well, that seems like not cool or not professional. I was like, no, like I want my clients to hire me because they love my art and my photography and that's it. And that's what I'm going to give them. I'm not here for like the big fluff and show and like, you know, salesperson and like whatever. So for me, I told myself like way back when I was like 17, 18, I was like, I'm going to do this the way I want to do it. And if people like it, great. And if they don't, I'm going to go back to school. And so I think from day one, obviously starting in a different position of when I started, I was living with my parents and I didn't have crazy, you know, bills and stuff. So I could, you know, be a little more choosy or do my own thing, but it ended up working. I think it worked for me because I was like, just true to myself. And I'm like, it doesn't make me happy to like sit at home and like make all these you know, do all these extra things for clients or sell myself in other ways. It's like, I'm just very simple. Like you want good wedding photography. Okay. I'll give you good wedding photography. And that's what I offer. And that's all I offer. I don't know if that's what that sounds like, but I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I get it because it's like, I'm in some sense the same way. It's like, you know, there's a really, there's a one, there's a good way to plan a wedding. Let's you want it, like jump on board or like figure, like if it doesn't work with you, like, cool, no problem. Like moving on. Right. Yeah. And so I think for any new photographers or people starting and stuff, it's like, you have to do what makes you happy or, you know, what type of art or photography or whatever, what makes you, I have, really good friends that are amazing photographers or, you know, wedding photographers that love, you know, all the like extra stuff from, you know, sending their clients gifts and packages and albums. And, you know, they, they really enjoy that, that side of it. And that's great. That makes them happy. That works for them. It doesn't for me. So people early on in the wedding industry, like a lot of wedding planners, even clients, different people. Like, I feel like I wasn't really taken that seriously at first, even like going to like WPPI or like conventions when I was like a teenager and I couldn't even get into parties and like whatever. I feel like it was funny because people like, especially wedding planners, everyone questioned me. They're like, who is this kid? Why is this couple hiring this 19 year old or, you know, whatever. And he his way of booking and charging and like whatever is weird (laughs) like but I was like I don't care that's what works for me and so I think down longevity if you're not doing things the way that you enjoy them or the way that makes you happy then you're gonna burn out if that makes sense I don't know yeah and I think you were just like unapologetic about like who you are And I think that has taken you really far because I think like so many times, like, well, a it's number one, it's super hard to start. There's all this self doubt, blah, blah, blah. 
like BS that's in the way of like this dream that you want to have. Right. And so I feel like when you have blinders on to be like, this is what I do, the end, if it works or it doesn't, like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to try it. I feel like that takes you so much farther because like you didn't really have, you're just like, yeah, I'm good at this. (laughs) Right. And I think, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that's what people get caught. They, they get caught up in this like weird, like mental BS. And it's like, no, like you're good at it. Just do it. Hey guys, it's your girl, Carly. I'm here to tell you about the coolest flower delivery service that exists. It's my sister company, Primary Petals. You may have heard of Primary Petals before, but did you know that we are going nationwide? It's an amazing service that sends really cool and unique flowers to anyone's doorstep in the lower 48. Guys, we have sent to every state and every bouquet has arrived so beautiful and so fresh, which if you know, is no small feat for shipping flowers. For my listeners, I'm giving 10% off using code BOSSYCLASS at checkout. If you want to learn more, please visit primarypetals.com. Well, it's even funny now because I feel like I'm almost like reaching this point in my career where I'm starting to have to deal with that issue all over again. And that is entering the extremely high-end wedding market and dealing with the extremely large budget and very high-end wedding planners from, you know, New York City to Dallas, Texas, and those type of places where the wedding industry is like a whole different world, you know, and they live on their own planet. And so entering into that world now, these planners, it's like all over again. They're like, who the hell is this kid? (laughs) You know, why? Like oh, if you're not charging, you know, 25,000 plus, like, why would we even show you to our client? Or why is our client even talking to you and stuff? And it's like, once again, it's like kind of proving myself. But I think to me, it's like, uh, in a way, playing hard to get and also just being like, like you said, unapologetic. But I think just almost in a way having this badass sense of like, this is what I am, you know? Yeah. And I'm good. And you like it. Great. If you don't walk away and having that confidence of like not catering to people, not backing down, not changing what you charge and just sticking by it. At the end of the day, people are like, Oh, then they end up respecting you. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, well, so many thoughts just went through my head. (laughs) It's like, your success isn't promised. Like now you're in this whole, like you're saying, you're in this whole other echelon that you're breaking into. And that requires you to kind of go back to square one, even though we all know you're capable of it. Right. So it's like kind of, I feel like for me, it's a humbling process when I'm like diving into a new market of like, oh, well, I, I did really well in this, but now, oh yeah. Like no one gives a shit that like I'm that good here like new game yeah it's like you're a new you're like a new person on the block in this new it's like a different section basically and doesn't it make you feel like sort of humbled to be like oh yeah I guess I'm I didn't think I I thought it was bigger than that or you know like at least that's what I've gone through which has helped me because I'm like okay well 
Yeah, I feel like it's actually reignited, like, I think maybe the past, you know, couple, four years, I kind of was asleep at the wheel because Mm -hmm. stuff just came in. It's like muscle memory, me shooting Mm -hmm. a wedding. Like, I, I don't have any anxiety before I shoot weddings. I don't have, I don't worry about anything. I'm never stressed. I think I stress planners out and you probably... (laughs) can even speak for this because I am so like not anxious or or worried like I just know I know what I'm doing and I don't have to worry about anything and so I think for the past four four four-ish years I was probably just like asleep at the wheel and kind of being like oh I kind of need to wake up and like where I gotta prove myself again is actually kind of like reignited uh, fire, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I totally get it. I mean, I'm kind of getting that with primary petals this year. It's like, um, wow, there's things that I don't know. And I'm the new kid on the block and nobody knows about this brand and nobody knows who I am associated with the brand. And it's like, oh, this is, this is like foundational work right now. (laughs) It's like, whoa, this is like 10 years like you know in his in my history or whatever so um yeah no I think that's good I think especially it's like I think a lot of women listen to this podcast and one of the big things is like self-doubt and it's like when I talk to girls and guys it's like well I don't know I mean like what if it doesn't take whatever and it's like you are literally the only issue in this equation is you doubt like if you just tried it, you'd probably make you may not make it so big where you're like everyone knows your name or something, but like you're gonna love it because you are putting out the energy of that's been in your literal mind and body for years. Like you're actually well, like also you saying that, but also with what I just said about me saying, oh, I don't have any anxiety or worry shooting a wedding or I don't stress about anything as muscle memory I will say that applies to the actual physical day of photographing a wedding or working with clients I think I'm super good in person with people and like most of my clients you know we click really well and I just I can I can shoot a wedding and feel confident But I don't carry, I don't want it to sound like, oh, I'm confident or I have no self-doubt across the board in my career. My, I guess, self-doubt and issues and anxiety come when I'm alone in my office. And I oftentimes, I'll finish editing a wedding and I won't send it to the client for like weeks at a time because I have so much anxiety that they might not be happy, even though over 11 years, I've maybe ever had two brides that were unhappy that I know of. But so it's not like something that I regularly experience with that fear, but also say I I do get a high-end inquiry for with a high-end New York City wedding planner. There's been multiple times where I just don't even reply because I have too much anxiety or self-doubt that I will not be good enough or they won't choose me so I'm just not going to send the email which is crazy and people maybe say oh that that sounds like ludicrous but it's the truth and you can ask even 
any of the past two assistants that worked for me for like eight years is like they would even get pissed at me because I wouldn't reply to things like the bride's magazine uh best photographer thing that I got in 2018 now 2020 the reason I didn't get it in 2019 because I didn't reply (laughs) like and that's just the sad truth like because I in moments like that I that's when I question myself or Mm -hmm. I feel like if I have to type something out about myself or I have to explain my pricing or anything that's when I kind of panic I guess hey guys it's your girl Carly I'm here to tell you about the coolest flower delivery service that exists It's my sister company, Primary Petals. You may have heard of Primary Petals before, but did you know that we are going nationwide? It's an amazing service that sends really cool and unique flowers to anyone's doorstep in the lower 48. Guys, we have sent to every state and every bouquet has arrived so beautiful and so fresh, which if you know, is no small feat for shipping flowers. For my listeners, I'm giving 10% off using code BOSSYCLASS at checkout. If you want to learn more, please visit primarypedals.com. People, to see that, that anxiety, everyone has it, but where does it manifest? And I think that that is just, it's just the way it is. Like, I don't have that, but it comes out in other ways, you know, like, people don't normally see it unless you're really close to me and I trust you, you know, and we talk about it or something like that. But, or, you know, my mom like knows everything. <laughs> or whatever. But, like, I think it's really like vulnerable to share that and in a good way of like, and whatever, like not to make this therapy, but like, it may just come from like that thing of, you know, um, like it was a pretty autopilot for you. Like it just sort of happened to you. And then now it's like, you don't want to share about yourself. Like some people have to really sell themselves and some people don't. And then when you are faced with having to do that, you kind of go like freeze up. Yeah. And I think too, for me, business wise, like it kind of, it naturally came to me and I, my success kind of, yeah, I, not going to say I didn't work my ass off and, you know, 24 seven, try and do my best. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like I was out there like having to like hustle and sell myself. Like I feel like my work kind of sold itself from the beginning. So I, I worked hard on the ends of like actually on the actual photography, but I didn't work hard on the like promoting myself selling myself reaching like throughout my whole career I don't think I've ever reached out to like a planner a venue and been like hey this is my work I would love to work with you one day I've never paid for advertising in any type of blog magazine and so now when I do feel like I have to sell myself or like pitch myself to someone that's kind of when I like crumble I guess you're like I can't do this I don't want to do this I get it I think like um with a lot of people too it's that thing of like well I don't and maybe you're different and that's fine but like I know people are like well I don't want to talk about myself or like I feel like I'm drawing too much attention to myself like I know I know people like that and I'm like do you realize that you have a gift here and that you're like squandering it because you won't talk about it like I get really annoyed (laughs) because I'm, I find it easy to do that. 
I, but you know, but that's just me and I, and I understand that. So, well, I'll even catch myself in client meetings with brides and grooms going, well, I don't want to talk about myself, <laughs> which then I'm like, well, wait, they're here to literally listen to talk, me, about, talk about myself, but it does feel weird. Like I don't like, I'll, I'll talk about what I do and stuff. But I do feel weird talking, I guess, about like my accomplishments and stuff to just, um, even like, I think this conversation we're having right now is a little different because I, we, me and you are close personally, but if you were just some random person on a different podcast that I didn't know, I would feel like super uncomfortable having this <laughs> conversation. Right now. Uh, no, I'm glad that you're sharing. I think it's, but it's helpful because it's like you, there's so many things you can take from today. It's like, you can be super successful. You can shoot Beyonce. You can travel the world at 19. You can travel the world at 40. But like we all are human and we all experience these things. And I think like sometimes at least, and I know you know this, but like for me, where I have felt the most isolated in the last couple of years has been people assuming that I'm not human because of what I've done. Like, oh, you're so inspiring. Oh, you're so, must be nice. You can like go on this trip because you, you know, save all your money, but you, they think you just make a shit ton or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And it was like this assumption and it, I think like, okay, like real talk. I feel like the success that I've experienced in the last two years has superseded me to a point where now it's what the reputation precedes the person. And now yeah. I have to live with that. And I didn't think that that was going to be an issue for me, <laughs> but I come home sometimes and I'm like, wow, like no one really cared to get to know me or like on a micro level, I understand what it feels like to be successful and feel isolated in that. Right. Like, and I think people need to know that, like, that's a part of this. Like if you're going to put your name on something that needs to get recognition to be published or whatever, like eventually sooner than later or whatever, it's going to happen. Well, I think two, there's two things I want to say. One, um, Go like what you just said of like your reputation, you know, yeah. becomes bigger than who you are, what you feel you are as a person on your own. I think is also an issue that I've been dealing with the more and more high end and lavish, I guess, weddings and clients I have. And yeah. even going back, you know, three or four years, but there comes this point of time where you're like, I don't come from that. Like I, I come from, you know, before my mom married my dad, we were like government housing food stamps. Like I was super young, don't really remember. But then, you know, when my parents were married and throughout my childhood, we were just probably like low, lower class, mm -hmm. you know, suburbia, but just like, didn't really have I didn't know what name brand things were or like you know we never had a nice car anything like that so the older I got my parents did better but like I don't come from this background of being surrounded by wealthy people I did we never I think my whole childhood we ever went on two vacations once was to Disneyland and like other than that we'd go to Arizona to my grandparents like I'd never been out of the country like 
but now all of a sudden I'm thrown in this world where I'm literally with one percenters in like places like Italy with private drivers where everyone stepped out head to toe in Hermes and you know I literally have clients drinking five thousand dollar bottles of wine and I was doing a wedding once in France and the whole wedding party was from China and they were playing beer pong with like six thousand dollar bottles of wine you know and like there comes this like disconnect of like one you start to feel like okay that's what I I should be or I'm used to but then you come home and you're like no that's not what like my life and my family and my circle of friends that's not the way we live but it becomes also so weirdly normal that you're like well then why don't I have that why don't I have (laughs) not that you need it but you're just surrounded by it so often um sorry that was a little bit of tangent but I think I have been like dealing a lot with that in obviously not as much this year because I've not really been doing <laughs> crazy weddings this year, but um, you know what I mean. And then the other thing is like self doubt is like because I'm not that, or I it's I feel weird. I was having this conversation literally this week with a good photographer friend of mine about a wedding quote I was working on. And I was just like, I don't feel worthy enough to be charging somebody this amount of money for, mm-hmm. like, a couple days of me and my camera. Like, that yeah. is somebody's salary that they make in a year. Like, how is somebody going to pay me that much money? So then I start to panic, and then that's moments when I don't even, like, I won't even send out a quote because they just feel so weird about it. But it it's a catch 22 because if you don't charge enough in that world, then you're not going to book the job because then you're viewed as cheap. Okay. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I've okay. I've run into this with the car conversation. With what I drive. drive. Right. Cause it's like same thing. I don't have the $5,000 bottle of wine. I mean, very rarely, but like, same thing where it's like, okay, like, how do you stay grounded while working with very wealthy, um, like one percenters, like you're saying, but also <laughs> have the persona that you are can fit in worth that money? Yeah. Because, like, like I drive a paid off Volkswagen. Like I, you've been in my car. I like as much as I'm like, I grew up with my dad being like, if you change the oil, that thing will ride for 250 miles. miles." (laughs) And I'm still like, I will drive this until it dies or whatever. But at the same coin, I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, well, I don't want to roll up in like a paid off eight year old Volkswagen. Like to, pelican hill or montage yeah. or it's like but then i'm like but i don't want to come off with in my circle as like you know whatever like i struggle big time with that kind of thing because i'm like i'm down i'm very down to earth we you and i kind of grew up in the same like you know like you didn't go out to eat that much because you didn't have the kind of money like you you know what i mean and so it's like 
that mind, like, anyway, I'm all over the place, but like <laughs> the mindset that I've had to like work through is like, how do you give yourself the green light to make really good money? Like, that's why we're in business too. Like we love what we do, but like, for me, it's like, I want to be financially stable. Otherwise I would be getting a job like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So part of what I do is like, I'm rolling the dice on like having a really financially successful life. And that is really valuable to me, even though some people are like, oh, you don't need money or whatever. I'm like, that's why I'm business, like business equals finance (laughs) if you could do it right. But then part of me is like, but I was raised with like a different mentality. And so I'm like kind of in this weird interim right now where I'm like, I'm worthy enough to like make this kind of money. Like, I'm like, how do you switch gears? I don't know, whatever. I'm going on a tangent too, but. Yeah. Well, also like there's this sense of, especially being the photographer or the planner or whatever, and if someone's hiring you, they they not only, you know, want you to be professional and have, you know, a name and whatever, but they want to trust your style and your taste and your personal style and taste and personality yeah. and stuff. And, and also, I mean, that goes with the whole, like, what, even what you're saying with, like, the car situation stuff, like, I was meeting with a client like a month ago or so in Malibu and they had me come to their house, which was like $15 million home. And I was like, thank God I have a nice car right now. And I'm pulling up like, not that I feel like the car matters to me or like proving anything to my friends or my family, but it's to my clients. Like, I drive my clients constantly on wedding days. You know this. I've driven your clients like multiple times on wedding days. Like, and there is this sense of like, okay, if we're paying you this amount for a wedding, like you should also come across as if you are that successful in your own life. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't know. It is a very complicated, weird thing. There's also this other sidebar where people have told me they're like, well, don't get too nice of a car because then they'll think you're, that's all they're paying for. And I'm like, what? Where? How? What is, like, how do I succeed here? (laughs) Like, you know, or whatever. So I think like, I don't know. I'm glad we're talking about this because it's, it's something that people, I don't know. I don't, I don't get to talk about. So I think for me at the end of the day, um, you you know me personally some people would say I'm bougie <laughs> but like I I do like nice things but I'm not like a person that wears a lot of I don't wear like name brand clothing or I don't own you know Prada and, and stuff for the most part like but I think what I've been trying to figure out and balance the past two years is like having this sense of like style and um maybe like and this is talking like my personal life and my clothing my house my whatever is clients even if they are one percenters they want to spend a lot of money but they want to feel like they're spending a lot of money on something that's like 
unique or different or like they found the cool the cool one you know and it's like so I think more so than maybe coming off like you have the money or that you're successful but it's also like coming across as if oh yeah I'm different and I'm a little weird but (laughs) I have you know taste and style and like I want you to trust me with the style and the taste of your wedding and um I think to a lot of my brides and stuff they look to me even on wedding days to be like oh should I wear these earrings or these earrings oh should I wear these shoes or these shoes Logan I have all my brides will text me when they're trying on dresses or their bridesmaid dresses and the fact that they can trust me or they they reach out to me and they actually care about my opinion I think shows that like it's not all about like necessarily the wealth or the flashy things, but it's just about having something that's maybe unique that they feel like, Oh, that's cool. And I trust this person. Yeah. Well, and you've taken my photos so many times, but you, t- <laughs> you took the photo for the art cover of this podcast for crying out loud. But there what do you say? So that was like forever ago. I feel like. Yeah, that was the day you told me we were going to have a pandemic and I laughed in your face like a fool. And now here we oh, are. Oh, that photo. No, I I was thinking of the other photos I did long before that in the Hertz district. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, it was that same thing where I was like, okay, I got all this stuff. Like, what looks good in front of the camera? Like, and I trust you. And you were like, fixing my shirt and tightening my whatever, like adjusting my whatever skirt or things like that. You're like, you stand like this, do this, that. Like, and that's you nailed it because I have been in front of your camera and that is exactly how I feel is I'm like I trust you to like make sure I look good (laughs) yeah and I do think that's like a huge part too and especially being a male I mean obviously being a gay male I think helps but I do think it is harder being a male in an industry like the wedding industry because sometimes I do have you know two grooms or whatever but most time I'm my main person of contact is a bride is my main client is the bride and being able to connect with a female I think is so important and have that bride really trust you matters a lot and not only from when they book you but then even after their wedding when they then tell their girlfriends or their sister or whatever and I think too a lot of it is even like emotional. It's weird that I feel like a lot of times on wedding days, almost like as if I'm a hired best friend. And I don't mean that in a negative way, or I don't mean that in any way against my brides, but it's like you're one person that that bride can look to and trust and talk to on that day that is not connected to their family, their friends, their annoying bridesmaid, whoever is giving them problems. And so many of my brides, like, I've had brides who eat dinner with me at the vendor table because they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be in there anymore because I'm so stressed out or my mom's making me mad. I've had brides where during the reception, I'm sitting in the back bride's room with them while they're crying to me, talking about how they're upset because a family member couldn't be there because they were in prison or in a different country. I've had like all these weird situations where 
you wouldn't think, okay, yeah, that comes with wedding photography, you right. know, or whatever. But I think that's one thing. And, and even a lot of the photographers that shoot with me or second shoot with me, or even like my uh, old business partner, Tyler Branch, a lot of them will be like, you get crazy brides <laughs> or you, your, your brides require so much from you. And I don't think of it as, like that I think that they just really feel like they can trust me and talk to me I guess if that makes sense yeah. and that kind of maybe sets me apart in their mind from other people and they also like to make me the bad guy if they hate their flowers they make me go tell the florist if they want their mom to leave the room they make me tell the mom to leave the room <laughs> you know things like that yeah I'm completely yeah. rambling I don't even know if we're on topic anymore <laughs> It doesn't matter. I this is great. I think <laughs> I, I think that that really does set you apart, and that you can advocate for. You know, people. I mean, like there are people that have really great family systems and really great, you know, support and stuff. But like, there are some people that don't have that, and they don't have the. So to have like someone that's an outsider to sit with, and talk with you, I think is like crucial you know for some people and I like I love that I think that I love that for you I love that for you (laughs) (laughs) so um I want to wrap this up but I want to ask like what next year is gonna I mean you said you're gonna work a ton but like where do you think next year is headed for you and maybe maybe not next year because we don't still know about pandemic stuff but like future next couple years like perfect world like what do i want or what do i think (laughs) expect what do you expect um i i don't i think one hand for the past few years i've always thought about like how i'm gonna exit weddings or move into something else or whatever But um, also, not because I don't love weddings, but it can get very exhausting. Like, even like I said, emotionally, um, traveling, all of that. But um, I think for me, a lot of people don't know this, but 2018 and 2019 were super hard years for me personally and in personal life and stuff but also even work wise and stuff because I just had was burnt out but also dealing with so much personal stuff but I did the least amount of work I've ever done in 2019 I mean that was pretty cold not counting this year but 2019 was probably like financially work-wise the worst year for me and people probably wouldn't realize that or know that but I think this year kind of gave me the chance to actually stop and like reevaluate recharge get organized breathe rethink how I do everything and so I feel like in a way this year even though it's been stressful was a blessing to where I feel like I'm actually kind of excited again about weddings and next year and I don't feel this kind of like 
depressing grudge going into the new year of like another year same thing I'm kind of like feeling refreshed I guess um my only fear is that I can keep that up you know when I am doing as many weddings as I am gonna do next year but um I I right now I've told myself it is okay to not know or have a plan of where you're going or what's going to happen and so I have, and this might sound bad, but as far as like big life changes, career changes, moving, anything like that, I have absolutely no goals or plans. And I'm just kind of like, it's okay to, to not know and just kind of see how next year plays out. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, we can't really predict anything. And so instead of trying to figure everything out or feel like I know what's going to happen or feel like I know what I need to do, I'm just going to write it out. (laughs) I think that's great. And I think like people have been saying like, what a year, can't wait for next year. I'm like, we're still in this too. And I like to be a downer, but I also think there is a sense of like, not expecting too much different. Like we were all talking at dinner last night about... Um, you know, how long do we think till masks are going to be like not a thing anymore and like debating like time, you know, or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, you can just continually show up and take care of yourself and implement the things that you are learning this year. I mean, me too. And ultimately let the rest play itself out. I think that's probably the wisest thing you could do. Well, Yeah, and I also think just because maybe things as far as, like, pandemic and stuff are maybe going to start to come to an end in the next five months because of vaccine and whatnot, that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods as far as what it looks like economy-wise, financially, Mm -hmm. and politically, and all of that mess as well. Um, But... Mm -hmm. I think my biggest thing is just living in the moment now and just enjoy like day to day and not worrying about what, you know, next month is. And I'm not saying like not to be prepared business wise and stuff, but I think just more mentally and emotionally. And I think that even plays back into like, for me, my faith and being raised in such a like Christian conservative background a lot of people now after coming out and you know not being a part of a church anymore and stuff are constantly asking me like are you still a christian do you believe what are like and i the biggest thing is like i don't have the answers and we don't have to have the answers like for me i'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out what tomorrow holds or next year holds or the answers to everything in the universe because I think if you spend all your time thinking about that you're never gonna enjoy what you have today so you have to stop thinking and worrying about tomorrow to actually enjoy what you have today so sorry that was a dramatic long answer but yeah I agree I think I'm Man, we could go up for hours. And, it's like, <laughs> and we have. I've like come into your house and you've like d- done exactly this. But 
it's like I think the like thing that I'm hearing too is like just live your life like do what you're meant to do and also like don't apologize for it and don't have to overthink a lot of it like I think we have to just like relax kind of sometimes um and let things just like be what they are um I think you're absolutely right when it comes down to like, yeah, the vaccine is one step in the right direction. Absolutely. But I think that, you know, if humankind has taught me anything, it's like, we're all super stoked to like help small business. Like we're all super stoked to like shake our fists, you know, black, like the black lives matter movement. And then it like goes away. And so I think like there's this sense for me and like of wanting to draw awareness to these things haven't changed. In fact, most likely businesses are going to struggle more next year than they have this year. Like, you know, because like, and so I just want people to still remember like what they learned in this space so we can make a better future for like small businesses and ourselves and, you know, that kind of thing and not just be like, well, that was a shitty year. Bye. You know? Yeah. I 100% don't think that anyone is really aware that we've really not seen the financial economic effect yet. Um, And, you know, once foreclosures and bankruptcies and stuff start happening early next year, that's kind of when, maybe we'll see what it's going to really be like, but also um, <laughs> I, I was joking with my friend the other day, but it's kind of serious. And this is maybe one last tip of advice is <laughs> that if you want to work for yourself and be an artist, my advice is to make sure that you end up working for the 1% because then you'll never have to work. <laughs> True because that sounds kind of um I don't mean that to sound like I'm stuck up or snarky but honestly having high-end clients you don't have to worry about their financial (laughs) well-being so okay agreed because I've I know wedding planners right now that I've never had to lay off people this whole time they're still working yeah like they're still booking they're still this they're still that it's like yeah there's there's that but I totally agree I think like it's just the way that our society is structured is like the rich get richer the poor like struggle and I hate that but yeah I think if you really want to set yourself up for secure financial future in in you know an entrepreneurship space like you have to kind of dive into those markets more yeah I'm not saying like oh you start there or it happens overnight but I think for my experience even talking to photographers and stuff throughout this whole year is for someone like me yeah it's not been a great year financially but I'm still you know moving along and I have not taken any government assistance this year whatsoever um and a lot of photographers I know that are pretty talented and known photographers 
are struggling really hard, but the ones that I know that are still doing okay are those ones that are shooting mainly, you know, very high end market. And it's really made me realize this year, like, oh, no matter what happens, you know, if you have those type of people for clients, like you don't have to worry about what the actual economy is working and you don't have to feel bad for taking their money in times like this. (laughs) (laughs) I love your candidness in this conversation too. It's it's true. Like there are some clients this year that, you know, contract wise, they had to pay me this year, even though they didn't have a wedding this year. And I felt horrible that I'm like, I'm taking this chunk of money from these people in the middle of a pandemic, you know, but then there's other clients where I'm like, Oh, that like, they didn't even notice. It was like them going to like, you know, Taco Bell, them paying their invoice to me. <laughs> Taco Bell. Oh, I love that. oh my God. But yeah, it's true. It's so true. Well, thanks for like being so authentic and vulnerable in this conversation. You're the best. I know I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say? I don't want to like cut you off, but I don't want no. to take up your time. No. I mean, I don't know. Unless you have any other questions, I know. Yeah, I think this is good. We've already been talking for an hour. One hour, six minutes, 46 seconds. Who's counting? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the first six minutes of that were about a turkey. So I don't know if that will make the cut. <laughs> we might need to keep it because that's pretty funny. I feel like I did not. I don't have you seen the clip of um, Kamala Harris talking about how she cooks a turkey right before an interview? No. Okay, I'll have to send you that clip. I did not. It's it's basically what just happened here, but I did not mean that to happen. I'm not yeah. trying. I mean, I want to be like her, but I'm not trying. I did not set that up. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, thank you, Kamala, for coming on the podcast. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great Christmas, New Year. Me some clients. Um, I have a couple in my mind. No, as long as they're one percenters. Yeah, only one (laughs) percenter. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This podcast is edited and published by the Primary Pedal Studios, written and hosted by Carly Ray Williams. Show notes are located at our website, carlyrayweddings.com forward slash bossy class. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, rate and review us. Sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and bonus episodes. Thanks for joining us as we scale the mountain of success. This is Bossy Class.